Welcome to Bonjour Bitch. My name is Charlotte and I'm many things, but most importantly for this podcast, I am multicultural and sometimes a bitch. We're going to talk about everything from relationships to daily life, all from a multicultural point of view. Each week, I'll be accompanied by the most amazing guests to delve further into topics that really affect us all. You'd better get ready for it, bitches. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode where I will be discussing being an entrepreneur with the fabulous Tig Hodson, who is the co-founder of Strong Hair. Hi, Tig. Welcome. Hi. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> I love it when people call me Tig. Not my real name, but it's, uh, it's my nickname. Oh. <laughs> that's the information I was given. I'm so sorry. No, no. It's, that's what everyone calls me, but it's really funny when people say it because my real name is Leanne Hodson, but in the industry I'm called Tig Hodson. It's just really weird because it's like... <laughs> it's just really can weird. call you Leanne if you want. No, don't, no, don't. <laughs> okay. Where, how, so hang on, now I'm confused. How have you gone from Leanne to Tig? It was a name that came up in college and from an ex-boyfriend and it was related to being a tiger and I like Tigger and then it just stuck and then I just carried it through everything I do. Oh, so it's now like your stage name? Basically, yeah. That means when you're like super, super famous and you have like worldwide gyms around the world and you just buy a house as Leanne Hodson, nobody will know it's actually Tig Hodson living there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so let's get started. Can you tell me a bit about where your family originates from, please? Yeah, so my mum is from a really, really glamorous place called Stafford. Um, the tone with that. Uh, <laughs> So uh, that's in the West Midlands, like in between Manchester and Birmingham. And then my dad is really annoying. He can't remember the place in Jamaica. It begins with a T um, and it's really annoying. But my dad was born in Jamaica, but he was brought over here in the Windrush generation. Sorry, his parents were brought over in the Windrush generation. And then he stayed over in Jamaica and then he came over as part of the like one of the wars or something. And then he met my mum in Stafford, that really fabulous, glamorous place. And uh, that's where they all still live. Okay, amazing. Do you ever go back to Jamaica? I've never been. Oh, what? I know, I know. So I don't, I, I had to, didn't really have that much to do with that side of my family. Okay. Um, and basically I was meant to be going in this summer. I, I booked uh, to go. Thank you, COVID. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so I planned to go and uh, then obviously couldn't go. And so, yeah, my aim is just is to go because everyone's like, you have, you're from, yeah, you're half that and you've never been. I was like, yeah, but I've never been. I just have never been. I just have never been. So, yeah. It's very cool. I went a couple of years ago. It's very, very nice. But FYI, try and stay away from all the American honeymoon resorts because they're so cheesy. <laughs> noted <laughs> so tell me a little bit more about what you do professionally so obviously you co-founded strong hair but what exactly do you do <laughs> so i basically i said like co-found strong hair in terms of myself i'm the, the head of the brand side and the marketing side of that which has developed over the years like i obviously started out as a personal trainer and then have moved through and as we've created the company i took more the words and the kind of creative side and then my co-founder sam took more the operations logistics so we've kind of split to our strengths and also like through we've worked at other studios as well and when i've worked at the studios i've helped build 
sort of like their brand and like their tone of voice when it comes to coaching. So it just, when we've got our own company, it's made sense that that's kind of what I like to do. I'm very ideasy. Like I have like ideas here and everywhere and then you just give it to someone else for it to stick and land. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the best way to work. Yeah. <laughs> How did you both come up with the concept of strong hair? So we... <laughs> get asked this loads but there's in terms of like the actual concept itself we had been working as female only personal trainers and we had kind of got to a point for different reasons individually that we were getting a little bit fed up of clients not knowing what they were doing on their own like if we went on holiday then they'd be like well I can't do anything because you're not here and then like having to turn away clients if they couldn't afford basically what we were our services because we were at that point we were specialists so we were like okay you know in terms of getting your overheads and obviously keeping money back for yourself and the time spent creating the programs our price per hour was like 70 to 80 pounds and we were just like it doesn't seem fair that only people that have this amount of money are basically able to get to us and then there was the other side as well you know when you tell one person or one woman something you're only telling one it's not making that much of an impact like we wanted there to be more and then our experiences through becoming personal trainers and also being women in that you're just fed a load of bull crap basically and marketed towards in, in the wrong way and in an unhealthy way we were like nobody is doing this no one's sending the message out um no one's promoting strength training in the way that we would relate to and so we were like well the only way that we can create that is if we actually make it. It didn't exist, so we sort of so we made it. But we kind of in a mumbo jumbo. All of our business decisions come when we're intoxicated of some variety. And on a night where we'd had prosecco, Sam had basically said that he wants we want to work together and we want to do these things related with women, but she didn't know what. And then we all of a sudden, like the next thing I remember is we were sitting in a hotel and was buying the website domain. I don't really know what happened in the middle. <laughs> but it was just an amalgamation of our problems as PTs, like what we were kind of getting frustrated with within our profession. Also then the problems that women were experiencing with regards to themselves, like fitness, how they, body confidence, it was kind of that as well. And then also how can you get more women involved it was kind of like an amalgamation of all those things and also we didn't want to work against each other we were like this seems stupid like we're doing exactly the same thing down the road from each other let's just put our heads together and come up with something so that's kind of how stronger was conceived that's amazing and so obviously this year has obviously been challenging for everybody in different ways again thank you covid um yeah. <laughs> what have you found to be the most challenging personally for yourself if, <laughs> like i suppose it's been looking back. I kind of enjoyed it to some extent, but it's been a bit of a roller coaster in terms of obviously we were meant to obviously open the space and we couldn't. And at the beginning of COVID, it put a little bit of tension between myself and Sam because we were on, we dealt with it at the beginning in different ways. And obviously we've been working towards this thing in for like nearly a year and a half. And at the beginning of COVID, it was like, like we just thought we kind of reacted in different ways to it so that put a bit in terms of like that put a little bit of attention on our friendship but as always with us like we always figure stuff out and we always remedy the situation then after that I actually I lost my my dad in the middle oh, I'm so sorry it's okay it's fine 
don't have to apologize. So a loss, that happened, it was all very quick as well. It was like one week he was, he was told he had lung cancer and he they basically like seven days later, he died. So there was that. Then I kind of was like, okay, I need to go home for a little while and just get my head in check and whatever. And then I've come back and then I've been in, in a relationship for six and a half years and I've written things with that, I've like turned south. So now I've decided that I'm basically gonna leave that relationship and I'm gonna go on, <laughs> out on my own. So personally, it's been fun, it's been great. <laughs> it's a new TIG, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I never look at things like, oh my God, that was awful. That was shit. And I don't look at it that way. I'm always like, there's a reason. There's a reason that happened. I've had done the most self-exploration I think I've ever done in that time. And because of things happening and also because of, uh, because of COVID, because of having the space, like changes the person, changes the woman, changes the businesswoman, and really highlighted who I am, what I want mm. And what I'm willing to do, and also what I'm not willing to do, or what I'm not willing to have around me to move forward. So that's why I'm like, I've actually enjoyed it. Um, and obviously, not the health part aside, but yeah, I've actually really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I can understand that. I mean, it all goes back to, you know, I'm a big believer in destiny as well. And I think things happen for a reason. And mm. as much as I don't know if the pandemic had a natural place in this world right now, but I mm. think it has forced people to sit down and self-reflect like never before and think about things and you know am I happy leading the life I lead do I want to make major changes if so like now is the time to you know start afresh and I think it goes back to that cheesy saying of when life gives you lemons make lemonade you know you've been handed this opportunity in this moment like if you don't make any changes and there's nobody that I know that hasn't changed at least one big thing in their life right now or made a life-changing decision and yeah appreciate smaller things in life you yeah. know appreciate taking the dogs for a walk and <laughs> but you know it's silly because before it was that thing of like oh you know don't have time to take the dogs for a walk we need a dog walker yeah and then now it's like actually it takes out, I mean, and I have two French bulldogs, so it's not as if I have a husky that needs three hour walks every day. You know, <laughs> they're happy with 10 minutes in the morning, half an hour in the evening. They're done. I love that time with them now. I really cherish it. It almost feels sometimes well like, you're like how, how did I not see this before? Um, there was a lady the other day, or a couple of them, that were talking about obviously the fact that they don't have to go to, they don't have to commute to work. And we've been saying to over lockdown when we were, we were, when we were training, guys like you've kind of got some more time you've won back some time because you're not having to do the commute if you're doing mm. an app whatever it is like and we've said to people like is your job really worth it that you actually want to commute two hours a day there and back or can you find something else that's going to serve the same purpose closer to you or is that the thing and uh, yeah and it's really funny that it's like people are just like yeah how was I not doing this before it's like well because you weren't forced to yeah and I think you know it's basically a hundred years we weren't made to reevaluate anything because that's the way it was you know the last time people had to do that was during the Spanish flu pandemic it's one of those things that we'll never forget what's happening and I don't know how far away we are from it being finished personally mm. but I don't think it's we're there yet just yet unfortunately but also a bit like you I initially 
found myself trapped and was like, oh my God, this is going to be the death of me. And then, because my business is in eventing, in events um, and weddings. And so literally it went from probably being the year I was going to break even and break all records to I now have zero. So it was soul destroying. But then at the same time, I was like, well, I've been given all this free time to paint again. I hadn't painted in years. I love doing embroidery. So I've like made cushion covers for everybody for Christmas. And I've taken time for me. I'm catching up on documentaries. I'm catching up on films. I'm spending time with the dogs spending time with my husband now that I can see my parents again spending time with them and I actually feel really grateful for this time that I've been given yeah I feel as soon as things get back to normal we're going to be so desperate to go out again and do things and don't get me wrong like I never thought that once restaurants would open again I'd be out I tentatively went out to a restaurant initially and was like okay it's not as scary as I thought what have been your biggest challenges as an entrepreneur? Oh, I, like honestly, I suppose now at this point is probably the most comfortable and yet still feel very uncomfortable because it's all still new. But everything up until we opened the studio was all brand new territory. And, it, and obviously things moving forward will, will always be brand new territory. And we, me and Sam have this thing where we're just like, we're two stupid girls. <laughs> like, we don't know what we're doing. And constantly having to learn at the same time as that your, your thing is in demand. So you're always, like, people are like, oh, can we have this? Can we do, can we, we want more, more, more. And you're like, we don't know how to do those things yet. or we haven't, we haven't fully figured it out. I think that has been the hardest part because you, there's no rule book. There's no handbook. Mm. Especially, obviously, when we do like site two and site three, we'll kind of know, okay, what to expect for, because we, balls up in site one yeah. um but going into this there's been so many things and obviously with this situation as well with covid there's so many curveballs thrown left and right and biggest challenge has been recognizing and i speak for, for both of us recognizing that we were basically running or sprinting at like 150 miles an hour and we, we've been doing that for so long and that became our normal really really hard to go okay just that's really challenging because we want to give so much and we want to do so much for us. We're a very lean team. So there's only so much we can do. And we, we got into a habit of being like, we want to do everything for everybody. So we're just going to do it all the time. It's a really big challenge to be like, let's just do one thing at a time. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree with that. There's so much that we want to do. The whole thing's been challenging and it will always be challenging. But I, again, I don't, I don't look at it being like, Oh, that was really, really hard. I know Sam will say that like investment, was the, one of the hardest things ever in the whole entire world. Again, when you don't have any idea, you know, we're fitness, we were fitness coaches and we were personal trainers. We have an understanding of like common sense about money, but going into a completely male led territory in a bricks and mortar company in fitness, and it's a grassroots thing and it's, it's kind of, it's been built from heart. Mm. That was hard. But again, it was, we always knew, we kind of were like, we're going to get it, we're going to get it, we're going to get it, but you don't know what you do need to do to get it because you've never done it before. (laughs) And on that note, have you ever felt that being a woman made it harder for you professionally? (laughs) In that moment, um, yes. But then, again, it took a bit of, like, scurrying around 
to see women are kind of coming through. There are like some women pioneering, helping funding other women CEOs and other women-led companies. There are that. In terms of what we do, I want to say, yes, it is. But then we've always, we've always been very headstrong. We haven't really let the fact that we're a woman fetch us at all. Because of it being fitness and because of what we've done, it's kind of, there's not been a really a big difference between male and, male and female. I suppose it's going into this sort of role. You do get like, oh, it's a women's only gym. Who runs it? Is it like, the reason why we say we're strictly women only is because we are the only strictly women only fitness strength and conditioning company there are women only ones but they're run by men so mm. but we never faced a hurdle as such being like oh well you're a woman duh, duh, duh. it probably was just in the investment where you're going into canary what what canary wharf you're going into the city being like hi can i have some money and they're just like well what what's this what's that what's that and they just don't care mm. they're just that's that bit was challenging but other than that not so much i want to say do you think they don't care because they can't relate yeah Everything, everything in terms of when they ask questions, it was always like, well, what's, what's the profit margin? What's, it was all numbers, numbers, numbers. And then we, when we go to a female investment, they were like, what's the story? Why? Who, like, it was very, very different questions. But as well, like a lot of them men or a lot of investment right now is to do around tech or yeah. financial. So like, it's not, bricks and mortar is kind of like, they don't see that they just want to see dollar signs and we so yeah where is your site one by the way uh i'm in it right now i'm sitting on my sofa it's in bethnal green east london and where are your future sites where are they planned to be do you know because i need one nearer to me where are you i'm in pimlico (laughs) so we get basically we we have women now that come over from west and then people are coming from South London. At the moment, we're kind of gearing to go West. Okay, how far West? <laughs> well, we did originally, when we were doing, when we were running off things before, we had looked at Shepherd's Bush. But yeah, we have to be quite specific with what, how we are and how we run. We're not something that really suits like Central London. To kind of bring it out into more kind of community residential areas. So yeah, West was, the, was gonna be the next one on a par with going up north to Manchester. Oh, wow. Newcastle, like, that way. Because basically want to drop in the main cities. Not that we don't want to, like, just ignore the rest of London, but it's obviously there's women all over the country. And so so we're undecided where it's going to be second because, yeah, we have so many women be like, come to South London, come to North London, come. So so basically when you wanted all four points of London, that's kind of what they're going to say. But now in Bethel Green. What gets you through the bad days when you have bad days? Recognising that it is a bad day. It's the singular day. It's not, uh, sometimes it can be two days. Usually it's brought on by some, a self-inflicted, like, boozy weekend. And I've recognised that in myself. Like, if I've gone out on a Friday or a Saturday and it's been a heavy one, uh, Monday and Tuesday, it's not going to be great. Similarly, like hormonally, I've recognised that there's a point in my cycle where I'm like, okay, this is not the day to make big decisions. And and I think it's just recognising it's just a singular day, not to, don't beat yourself up. And I honestly, on those days, I just switch off. And I basically say to anybody, I'm like, I'm not talking today. I'm not going to talk to anybody. I don't want to have that connect, like communication with anybody. I just need to have a day. 
and then by doing that basically not for i think obviously the, sometimes people just go oh, i'm having a bad day i'm a bad person i'm not good enough da, da, da. and i'm like no like it's just today or it's just the next two days and then mm. and i tend to always fill bad days with things i love and um, whatever that may be so friends is always a go-to i might sometimes i like well when i used to have a membership at another gym i'd go to like the spa and just go in the spa like basically just kind of go with what you feel on that day like i'm like oh if i feel like going bungee jumping then i'll do whatever i can to try and go bungee jumping yeah. I mean, that's kind of if it's a bad day fill it with things you love as it will start to bring you back out of it and then obviously you will feel good again yeah i agree and i think as well i would also add to that cut yourself some slack like accept that nobody ever even if they say they do they're lying nobody ever has 365 days a year that are good days yeah it's not possible you need a balance of them and i think you know if you feel like just having a tub of ice cream and watching a crap movie do it literally people used to say to me all the time because the classes that i used to teach and here i was like full of energy and they're like how are you so full of energy it's like because i have some time out i just don't be in front of you that's all like I just switch off and I'll, I'll reset I'm not going 10 to the dozen these are some sad guys who is your biggest inspiration and that you look up to <laughs> honestly I don't have a singular one and not really one of those people that's like oh my god I look to this person there's a lot of people that I like look to um in different areas but I don't have a singular sort of role model because I feel like each person man or woman that I look up to they serve a purpose for the different areas of me I couldn't give a a singular a singular individual because then it would mean I'm kind of like kind of wanting I don't know living there and it's not the same as my life I don't know different just yeah different people for me to kind of serve a different thing it could be like oh I'm really inspired by this woman because she can lift a hundred and something kilos and I'm really inspired by this man because he gets up at 4am every day and he goes and walks his dog and I'm really inspired by this person because of this and it's just all those different elements that I'm yeah. by as opposed to a single individual as a woman of mixed background mm-hmm. how have you felt this year in light of the Black Lives Matter movement that has gained so much momentum and is being spoken about so much more now so initially I it was, it was a bit it was really weird again because it all happened around the same time that my dad passed away so there was a lot of mixed emotions which I was trying to get through and it was the first I suppose the first time I've ever really felt seen as a as a mixed woman I I kind of obviously spoke about it in terms of like the fitness industry specifically because I was like in there's loads and loads of things that happen within fitness and it's all predominantly white led male and female there's it's very very white dominant when in some light it's like there's a lot of of black mixed race people have that participate in sports but they're not given the the media focus in any in some mm. respects so from that like this is really it, it, i kind of it it's almost like someone went and just wiped this unveiled this thing and i was like oh my gosh and i actually had a bit of i had i felt a bit of guilt as well because i was like i myself was acting there was elements where i was acting in white privilege because i've been brought up in white privilege because my mum's white my stepdad's white i've been brought up in a very very tiny white village or that I was the only, I was one of four black or people of color in school. Like I've always, always, always been around basically white people. And I 
or even used to see myself as being white because I was like that was what I was in front of me mm. so there was this weird backwards and forwards of like feel guilty because I haven't seen it I haven't done enough and then I started speaking to more mixed race people because again there's another there's another segment there where when between there's some people mm. of black heritage that basically like you're mixed race you're not fully you're not fully black and then and there's obviously some people of, of a white background that are like you're not white you're not so then you're like I don't know where I fit in yeah there's that off off of Black Lives Matter there was also this other avenue where more mixed race people were like it's even there's not even more confusing but there's also this extra layer of confusing because I basically I had a not an argument but I, I definitely distanced myself from my from my mum and my stepdad for a good portion because I was like you're not listening to me you're not getting it and I don't want to deal with this and I was quite outright and had like a very very heated argument and kept some distance from them have kind of we're like we're fine now but I've been in my head I'm like I know where my where my limitations are now I know what I'm going to talk to you about I know what I'm not going to talk to you about and I love you but this I'm not okay with and there's, 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 there's kind of those weird interactions in terms of all my friends and people I live with in London and stuff it's all been really great we've had some very like eye-opening conversations mm. and some uncomfortable and I think it just opened up for me it opened up a lot more I felt part of something whereas before I didn't realize I didn't kind of know where I fit in and then I once it happened I was like ah like this is weird and all these things were just coming to like the front of my head of like all these incidences I just kind of like been like oh yeah but you know it's fine because I'm mixed race so that's okay yeah there was very very weird conflicting emotions in that but now it's given me kind of more of a I'm like this is something I really obviously really stand for and I'm really going to continue to push and pioneer and not basically feel that I'm kind of squashed down I can't say anything yeah because there's like a sense of being uncomfortable where because a lot of my friends are white that that type of conversation before seems very like taboo like you don't talk about it whereas now let's just talk like let's just have it out that's nice to do because it's just another conversation now that we can have no I agree with you I think for me as well as a white woman and as a white person it's been very enriching obviously the circumstances in which it sort of took off are tragic but I think it's really important to notice it as it's been the starter to a lot of conversations that needed to happen and a lot of questions that needed to be able to be asked. And as a white person, I never realized how much privilege I had intrinsically because you just wouldn't talk about what your black girlfriends were going through and you know you wouldn't even be able to feel comfortable by saying black like it's the b word you don't say (laughs) it and you know I remember asking some of my black girlfriends years ago and I was like am I okay to call you black and they were like yeah of course you're white what's wrong with it (laughs) I was like fair enough I also think it's something that probably our parents' generation being non-racist was already a huge thing. And I think being anti-racist is the next step and hopefully the durable step that, you know, our generation will transmit to our children. 
but you know realizing all of these things and you know the systemic racism and just it's things that you know growing up in a white family that is very open-minded very accepting and you know has never had any prejudice at all I also feel that educationally I never was taught correctly about I'm half French, half English. So both of my cultures had a big, big part to play in the, in the slave trade. Yeah. And all I ever learned in history was the Ebony Triangle. That, <laughs> you know, wooden slaves were taken on ships and that was the biggest commerce of that time. And you're like, okay, fine. And, you know, now everybody's free, so it's okay. So they ended up doing the right thing. And then when you start to look more into it and watch more documentaries and watch more things and stuff, you realize that, hang on a second, in the US, the 13th Amendment is still... It's still... <laughs> so, yeah. And then you just realize like, okay, you, you have to talk about this. You have to keep the conversation going because eventually, because people are talking about it, things will become changed and things will evolve. Um, and it's not by not talking about it, which seems to be the thing, because I think as white people, or at least for myself, I never felt that I was allowed to talk about it because it felt that, you know, it very much belongs to black people and it's disrespectful for me to talk about it. And so it was very much that sort of, I can't, but I would like to. Yeah, it's a similar thing. I can get that. I can completely empathize with that feeling because it's similar for as I was saying like when black people say to mixed people like well this isn't your you only don't you don't really understand it and then you're like well on a physical aspect I'm treated to some extent the same way as you are but yeah. now and I, I can completely understand that because it did I think it's more from like the extremist side of things where that this issue is like no like we own the sometimes it can be like we own the the language and the, the the right to speak about it and it's like well nothing will change if that's the way that things are going to be yeah. like, so i completely empathize with you on that coming back to entrepreneurship what would be your biggest tips for a budding young entrepreneur listening to us right now don't do it no i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> follow like go with your gut massively and be prepared to make a lot of mistakes like just go in and just like for the whenever you're doing it I we like to say that just play like the thing you have will sell if your passion and your purpose towards it is clear like if you go in we've we've heard this before like people are like oh yeah you know I've, I've been given like ten thousand pounds and set this product up da 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 they set it up it fails because they, there was no mission, there was no passion, there was no purpose behind. Mm. Whereas if you're like, this is what I want to do, these are people I want to help because of this, this, and this, then no matter what, which we found, that's the thing that makes you carry on. We've been in absolute crap situations where we've had literally no money. We've ended up putting in our own money and for the wrong thing, because uh, we used to own a business before this one and we were doing that for money reasons. The difference between that one and this one is that we're doing this because we love it and we like we want to help women and we want to change the way that the fitness landscape looks for women. So you have to have a passion purpose and it will it will work. And if you are going to be a co-founder, make sure you know the person you're co-founder with inside and out because it's a hard, hard, hard thing to do. 
it's time for the bitch fire round. Well, it's now time for the bitch fire question round. <gasps> oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, so I will give you two options. Don't think too much about it and just say what comes to mind first. So, dog or cat? Yeah. No, that's so wrong. I like dogs. <laughs> Netflix or Prime? Netflix. Bath or shower? Bath. ASOS or Zara? ASOS. Sweet or savory? Sweet. Coffee or tea? Tea, even though I'm drinking a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Winter or summer? Summer. City or countryside? City. Vintage or new? Vintage. Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. Yay! Well, listen, Tig or Liam. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today on Bonjour Bitch. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you um, with us. And can you please remind us of your social media handle? Yes. Yeah, so my personal one is at just underscore Tig. And then the stronger one is at stronger underscore women. Awesome. Thank you so much. You've been an absolute delight to chat to. And I hope I will be able to come down to um, Bethnal Green at some point soon to do some training with you. That's it. It's a done deal. Bye, Perfect. Guys. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Remember to tune in next Monday for a brand new episode. And please rate and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. It really does help us out. We'll see you then. Au revoir, bitches. Bye.